Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the A4G podcast. This is Riley Rose Frazee, along with Jesse Anderson. And as promised, we are out of town, but you still have your episode because we pre-recorded it for you. So today's topic is video games we want to play, but we can't. And for me personally, I'm going to just start this off by saying I wish I could play my favorite genre of games, first-person shooters. I would so love to play Doom and Left 4 Dead, Dusk, you know, a lot of those games that I really like. But I can't yet because they're not accessible, sadly. So I would love to play those because, you know, they're games that I very much enjoy playing you're not well listening to so to actually be able to play them would be cool but at the moment it's not possible so i just have to basically keep assisting and advocating because i definitely want to play those i'm hoping to play those so yeah that's one of the genres i wish i could play because I I love hearing Jesse play them. I request those a lot. You know, he plays them. I basically live vicariously through him and let him play them, and I just listen because right now that's all I can do. I have to wait until they become accessible if they ever do. I really hope one does someday. Well... I can uh, I can start out by uh, it's kind of related to a game that I've been playing recently. We'll get into that later, but um, I've been playing Shenmue Three, and you know I'm I am really glad that I'm able to play some mainstream games. There are certain types of games that we'll talk about here that I still really really struggle to play, but Shenmue was a really neat kind of innovative, open-world-esque game of its day. And since then, in the 18-year absence of the sequel, a whole other series started, and I think, well, there are, I think, five main games in the series, and then there are spin-offs. They're called Yakuza, the Yakuza games, and... All the all, everything I've seen about them is um, it's basically like Shenmue, but they've taken a lot of the weird, tedious aspects that I don't really care for about Shenmue, um, and they've kind of taken some of that away. They've added a whole bunch of mini games. The fighting is a little more over the top. It's a little bit more actiony. Um, just from the different things that I've seen of it, it's really cool. And the core gameplay, I, I think I could play largely um, on my on my own, but a big part of those games, be it Shenmue or Yakuza, is the story. And sadly, other than the first game, which was, I think, started on the PS2? Um... All the games are in Japanese. And, you know, I've watched a couple, like, Giant Bomb Quick Looks of them, and they 
like I said, the gameplay looks fun, but then you have these cutscenes and stuff, and like the text moves by so quickly that a large part of the game that I want to enjoy, the crazy, of course, Japanese Yakuza, you know, the Japanese Mafia, essentially, which is what the Yakuza is, and I want to see the, I want to really get into the story. Um, but they just, even they've released uh, some kind of, co like, Yakuza collections recently, and I was hoping that maybe they would, you know, go in and maybe add dubs to them, English dubs, but they have not. And so that's a series that I would love to dig into, but I just can't because of the Japanese story. I mean, I could still probably play a good portion of the game, but I want to get everything that I can out of it. Now, there is, thankfully, a Yakuza spin-off game that came out, I think, earlier this year. Uh, at the time, I didn't have a PS4. <laughs> uh, I do now, which I really need to actually start playing. But there is a game called Judgment, where it's by the same team that does Yakuza, and you're playing a some kind of a cop or detective or something, and it's in the Yakuza universe or something, but the good news is that game is totally in English. And so if I'm going to start somewhere, and I think it can work as a standalone game, so at some point, probably in early next year, uh, maybe if I can find a holiday deal on it, I'm going to play the hell out of that. Well, since we're on the road to uh, adventures, open world adventures, Life is Strange series. Oh my God, I would love to play those, but right now I can't. I love season two. What I heard of it, I love it. And of course, the last episode just came out Tuesday. And I really would love to be able to play that game. You know, there's season one and season two. And who knows, the way those series are, you know, the way those are going, they got 89% great reviews on it already because they announced that on Twitter the other day. And who knows, there might even be a season three. I mean, who knows about this? I mean, it's 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 a really good series. It's very detailed. It's very sometimes graphic, but they, they tackle some really tough subjects. They really do. And that is a series, again, Jesse plays it. But I can't because it's not accessible. And that's a lot of the reasons I can't play a lot of the series and games that I want to because they're not quite accessible for me to play. And I would love to get into games like Life is Strange. And some of these, you know, I'd love to play a game like Shinmu. Of course, with Shinmu, there's a problem for me, which is a definite issue with him too, is the QTE, Quick Time Event. Oh, God. I think they're even more brutal in 3. Yeah, they're Lord. awful in 3. They are just flat out freaking awful. You don't even have a chance. The one saving grace is I think in Shenmue 2, they love to randomize them. So you really had to be on your toes. Like if you failed, they would give you different random ones. But thankfully in Shenmue 3, if you fail it, it's like the same sequence over and over. So you can kind of memorize and at least build your way up through it. We can kind of brute force your way through it, which is my only saving grace at this point. Yeah, and that would be difficult because they, they don't have it where it tells you what it is, which would help, or slow it down for people who don't have that kind of reflexes, you know. 
they need to do something like that because, yeah, it's a QTE, but there's people that want to play it probably that have motor impairments. They can't catch it that quickly. I've even heard a few sighted reviews or a few sighted people go, damn, the window, the timing window on those some of those quick time events are even kind of nasty for them. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I'd love to play it because, like, Jesse would be exploring something and Ryu would say, okay, I can't go this way. Okay, you know, and he'll tell you what he needs, you know, what part of it to do. You know, he'll tell you when you're when it's time to go home or when there's something he's looking for. He'll tell you. That is amazing. That is great right there. That part is good. But them QTEs and there just needs to be a little bit more stuff added to it to make it work. But, yeah, I mean, I would love to play something like Shinmu. Because I actually really enjoy Shinmu a lot. I mean, in part three, oh, dear God. Shinmu three. Mr. Suzuki, what are you doing to me, dude? <laughs> that that soundtrack will get stuck in your head real quick. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, we'll get into Shinmu three a little bit more toward the end here. Yeah. But, uh, and, you know, along the similar lines, a lot of what I have trouble with is text related like I can see the games relatively well but again it, it's more strenuous it's, it's harder for me to read things depending on the font size the contrast uh, and even if it's you know halfway decent size like I still have to get really close to the screen so anything that is really especially text heavy and not spoken especially like your you know everyone raves about like the 16-bit rpgs your final fantasy 6 your chrono trigger your that kind of stuff and there's been plenty of games like that you know lately that you know indie games have kind of made where they're these you know rpgs but they're really text heavy um those games I just I don't really play because they're just so there's so much reading and it's so tedious and difficult for me to do um, that yeah I might enjoy the stories I mean granted a lot of them I don't really care for the menu based combat but you have things like uh, you know the Tales series with uh, or no no Secret of Mana uh, which they did do a remake that had voice acting which I actually kind of got into for a while uh, but a lot of the other ones. You know, it's got a little bit more active battle system, so it's more interesting to me. But a lot of the text-heavy games um, can be really difficult for me, and so I don't really find myself playing them. And that even goes into games for me that I love to play, and I would love to play more, but again, when you play, like let's say, a first-person shooter... It's not just like a story like Half-Life. It's not just run and gun, shoot like Doom or Quake. You know, everything is adding RPG elements into it and loot and power-ups and customization of your character and all this stuff. So you get a game like, let's say, Old Borderlands, which I do like to play, but good lord. Uh, even things like, you know, Fallout, Outer Worlds... Um, Rage 2. Yeah, Rage 2. I mean, there's all these different things to where, 
you're shooting in that, but you have to spend a lot of time in menus and you're managing uh, your, like, oh, is this weapon stat better than this weapon? Like, okay, well, this has, you know, five more damage, but the reload speed is be- is worse, but this one has an actual, like, fire effect, and this one has... Bo- I mean, there's so much comparing and reading of stats and descriptions and numbers and that that part of it can get really tedious for me, especially I don't want to stream these kind of games as much until I really become familiar with the the setup or if I find a weapon I can play with for a while because it's not going to be fun watching me struggle to read a inventory interface for a long time. So, you know, I do want to play Borderlands 3, but... I just know that there's going to be parts of that that are going to be frustrating. Then you can go into, well, mentioning your age too. <laughs> Even though, yes, yeah, shooting stuff, but there's also something else that I can't do. Driving. I can't play racing games, which really suck because I love those. You know, I would love to play something like Burnout or Crackdown or, you know, uh, Forza, which... If any racing game becomes accessible, it's gonna be Forza. It's I know that for a fact. It's gonna be Forza. I just have that feeling. I just knowing that it's you know Microsoft is doing it. If I get to play any racing game, it's gonna freaking be Forza, and I'm just gonna be loving it because mm-hmm. I love racing games. I do. I love them, and I I want to be able to play them. Playing a racing game on an iPad or an iPhone sucks. I I just I can't tilt it right. It's just. Oh, even though, yeah, they're accessible games and I appreciate that. But trying to tilt the device the right way, I always crash the car or crash the motorcycle or whatever I'm driving. Tilting the device drives me nuts. I'd rather play it PC, Xbox, whatever, because I'm always wrecking every time. And it's like, God, you know, I I love racing games, but I just, they're not as friendly for me to play which like i said i love them because they're full of action more than just shooters yeah i like a good racing game especially more the arcade style Ooh, burnout Count maximum car that's that's <laughs> pretty damn fun too that's you know that's a good yeah that one you can use touch but actually the or the you can use tilt but i actually use touch for that one but yeah um the arcade ones are just great and one of the most ex- like one of the most exciting types of games but one of the mo- what what can often be one of the most difficult games for me to play started in the last couple of years VR <laughs> Yeah I was uh, actually going to go there too VR <laughs> I love first person shooters and on a flat screen yeah, I do have some trouble with like the, the especially the realistic military ones. Uh, I mean, not I mean Call of Duty, I can kind of play uh, the, the the story modes and stuff. But like you know, the games like Arma or something where like you know Counter Strike, Rainbow Six, you're just getting you know by the time you figure out what's shooting you, you're dead. Um, I don't really play a lot of those flat screen shooters, but a lot of the flat screen ones I can play. But the VR ones, the prob- see on a flat screen, you typically have a uh, crosshair or some other target on screen to know where you're aiming or you can look kind of in the middle of 
the screen because your gun is just in a set position in the corner of your screen, usually in the lower right or lower left of the screen. Like you're holding it, but in VR, you're actually holding the weapon. So there's a lot of VR games where, like, there's a lot of shooters. There's a lot of either, like, kind of wave-based shooters where you just kind of stand there and things come at you. There's ones where you can move around now. There's getting to be a pretty good variety, and there's been even some things that I've tried where the game itself seems really cool. But you they don't give you they don't give you a crosshair. They don't give you anything kind of uh, any kind of reticle to aim at. So they're kind of expecting you that you know, oh, if you're going to shoot a gun, you're using the touch controllers, let's say, and you're holding the gun. Um so you have to like physically aim down the sights, hold your arm a certain way so that it looks like you're aiming down the sights like you would a real gun. And especially things that are in the distance, I can't line that up correctly, which is why like I can't I don't really go hunting with my dad and my brother in real life because I can't see the damn shoot a damn deer. <laughs> but you know, so it's weird because some of the things that you experience in real life are starting to kind of mirror that a little bit more in VR. And so, like, a lot of the games that I would love to play in the genre that I love, I can't. And then just in VR in general, I mean, that could be a whole topic on its own, but, I mean, virtual reality, there, there's so many cool aspects about it, but there's so many things that can be just with the user interfaces and distance from, like, the menus and things, like, just getting into a game or setting options in a game doesn't matter the genre uh if the full head tracking isn't enabled properly especially on like the dashboards and stuff it's damn near impossible and i have to find little i have to do trial and error or i have to find weird little hacks so i can figure out a game like i might watch someone else do a youtube video and look at and pause the video on the interface and like memorize okay the second one down is this the third one down on the right is this you know, or else I just can't play it. Yep. And on that same notion, I can't because they're not text to speech. There's no text to speech in there. So there's no audio. So I can't play it because there's, there's no way for me to actually do that unless there's like a little sound effect going up and down or whatever, where it clicks, but there's no daggone text-to-speech in the interface, in the main menus, in any of the menus. Even on flat screen. Even on flat screen. You know, so it's hard. it would be hard for me to even play VR because, again, everything is represented visually. That, you know, there's no binaural audio or anything like that for me to even play a VR game. And, yeah, I mean, a lot of... You know, a lot of the interfaces just on a regular computer or console game are so complex that, you know, a lot of people do play fighting games that don't have full text-to-speech. Killer Instinct doesn't have any text-to-speech, but people kind of memorize and learn some of the basic menus. Um, but largely, I mean, yeah, most of the interfaces would be almost impossible for a blind person to use efficiently without a lot of assistance or a lot of memorization and or trial and error. Yeah. 
and another another game genre that I'd love to play is some of these blind character games that are you know PC. But the only problem is again they're not they're not accessible sadly, and blindness is basically represented visually instead of audibly. I I there's like I said I I'd love to have been able to play perception, but again I can't because it's it's represented visually and it's you know it's not accessible for me to see it and it would be really nice to have something like that where I'd be able to play it it'd be so cool to have some way of being able to play it because that is one of my favorite games favorite horror games one of the few and I'd love to be able to play that mm-hmm. same with dread halls even though yeah that game scared the living hell out of me several times but I'd still love to be able to play stuff like that, which, of course, the guy in Dread Halls isn't blind, but still, playing some different horror games like that, where you basically are running away. You're not attacking them. You're running. Get away. Hide. But can't play them. They're not accessible, sadly. Yeah, I mean, those, I would say, those are probably the main... Uh, types of games that I really wish I could play. Um, like I said, uh, there are just some genres of games that I'm just not... I mean, even if I could see better to play them, like, I won't... The other ones I won't play, for the most part, are, like, real, like, um, turn-based or real-time strategy games where you've got, you know, some kind of, you know, Command and Conquer or World of... War, or not World of Warcraft, but, like, Warcraft or... Age of Empires, those types of... I mean, or the Civilization games. I mean, there's 18,000 little mini-windows around the screen with all kinds of info. And, like, I, I like the first Sim City because it was simple. There wasn't all that much to it, and I could get around the interface okay. But by the time you get around to even SimCity 2000 to a degree, but, like, the, what is it, SimCity 4 that came out a few years ago, holy hell, there's stats and things and all kinds of crazy stuff that's going on. Uh, and, then, and then the graphic, like, like the funny thing is, is graphics, if you're low vision, there's actually a point where the, if the graphics get realistic enough, or if they get not even realistic, but if they get detailed enough, it actually makes things harder to see. So the game might actually look better visually but it, it, due to that things can blend in more there's a lot more detail so it's easier to miss something little um you know i mean I, that that's why i loved a lot of the retro games because you know just the look and the sound and everything of them but some of them were just kind of easier to play even things like you know the you know the 2d platformers on nintendo uh nintendo or sega or even like early shooters doom and wolfenstein they were easy to see you know, now you got these military shooters where you're in a jungle and there's camouflage dudes, and I know that's the point of camouflage, but you think it's hard for a fully sighted person to see it. I'm dead by the time I figure out what's going on. So, like, that, yeah, that can be really difficult. And one of the games back in the beginning when we were actually going to do this, <laughs> there was actually a genre of games that. I couldn't play, but that has actually changed, and that is rhythm games. <laughs> I couldn't play rhythm games. They were all visual. Not anymore. We got Sequence Storm. Yeah. 
so now I can play at least one rhythm game because yeah. it's audio. Yeah. There's audio mode. I so wish we could somehow make a way for, like, Guitar Hero or Rock Band to become accessible. And so that's why, after watching his uh, developer video the other day, please let us import tracks and then I can play more guitar-y songs. <laughs> yeah, Daniel, so cool. that'd be so cool. That'd be awesome. Playing some 50s and 60s and Sequence Storm. Oh, my God, that'd be so cool. <laughs> and then we can really throw Riley off. Put it on beginner mode and make her sing. Yeah. <laughs> Talking and playing beginner mode is hard enough. Try serenading somebody and play at it. Yeah, that'd be a challenge. I mean, beginner mode is not hard. Beginner mode is not hard. But add singing to that. Hey, Riley, start singing. Yeah, that that yeah, that's that's screw me over. I'd be failing miserably. But it'd be fun, though. I'd do it. I would so do it. Yeah, I mean, hopefully now you have some... And that's the thing, is you get these little games that... You, know, you get something like Sequence Storm. You get some... You know, you get all the... You know, as people start to make... Maybe if Forza makes a racing game accessible, well, then you see that it can be doable... Eh, you know, and then you, maybe you, you know, it might take a few years, but then we'll get other developers doing it in the genres that we want to play. Yep. And that's why, and everybody's like, well, like my family earlier this year were like, well, why did you go into advocacy? And that's a whole episode in itself, but I want to make things like this happen. I want to help. That's why I did it. And I'm, I'm going to do an episode on that, why I got into it. Because, you know, or maybe that, that'll be just one of the questions that he asks next year when I do the one-year anniversary mm -hmm. episode. Because I have my reasons for getting into it, you know, and it's not the reason everybody thought. I mean, I had some pretty crazy people saying, oh, you got into it, but once you get, once everything becomes accessible that you want accessible, you're going to leave. No, I'm not. Because there's new games every week. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of stumbled into it. I mean, I, I sort of was looking to do it, um, but I just didn't really know what direction to go. And I kind of found my path once I started the YouTube thing. And now I've just kicked everything into high gear a few years back and loving it. It's, it's great. I love it. I, I'm loving it, too. And I can't believe, good God, going on nine months that I've been doing this. Nine months on the 20th it's like what really i mean it just blew <clears throat> so we'll get into our final feature of course of the day what we've been playing which of course we brought up shenmue which is what he's been playing which that soundtrack like i said gets stuck in your head <laughs> yeah there's a lot of walking around the uh the main world and like you're just hearing a lot of each little section of town or whatever has their own music and you know it's they're they're kind of this asian style music but it, they're they're pretty catchy um but yeah i mean shenmu if you were a fan of shenmu you know what the first two were it's basically with a few changes it's more of that um I love just walking around the world and seeing all the 
shops and the people and the stands and stuff. There is some really antiquated aspects of the game. Um, some of the animation, some of the tasks that you might have to do or whatever. But, um, I mean, overall, like, I, you know, it's just goofy enough to... There's something kind of charming about it. I, I really do like it. The only thing that's really getting kind of obnoxious is the kind of, like one more thing, one more thing, fetch quest of like, okay, you need to talk to this guy, but when you talk to this guy, you gotta find, a th you gotta find another person to do that, but to find that person, you gotta find this other person who needs a book, who needs a thing, like, Jesus, God. Um, that can get a little bit old. Not um, to mention he's got a tapeworm. But, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> for whatever reason, in one and two, you didn't have to, but in three, they decided that, yeah, uh, you have to make Ryu eat, so he has energy and my god that guy eats constantly and you always have to do these little mini games or jobs or like you can sell stuff in the pawn shop if you gamble but it's kind of hard and that's the other thing it's kind of hard and tedious to earn money so you always have to spend part of a day making money to buy food and buy rent like dude i do enough of that shit in real life like you know what um not necessary, but it's still fun. I still am going to see the story through to its conclusion until its inevitable cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. And I've been tuning in to it, too. And I, I, I'm i liking it. I, I, I really like it. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, I, I've enjoyed it. Other than that, I really haven't played much other than... The stuff that you guys have seen on stream, a little bit of Dread Halls and Doom and Left 4 Dead and like a lot of the staples, but a little bit of that here and there. A couple iPad games when I'm just sitting around every once in a while, but not much of those. And I, of course, played more Sequence Storm a few times, which, of course, can't help it. That game's addictive. And I played, of course, recently I did a stream of a game that I can't stop playing, which I can't give it away. <laughs> but I played a game that I'm obsessed with. And it has been requested for a legally cited fan appreciation month because Jesse wants to see how far I can get with it. So you will see it again. If you saw the stream Saturday night, you'll know what I'm talking about a week ago little over a week ago but it was really fun i enjoyed it until i kept getting kicked out of the app by the ipad but it was a boatload of fun i really had fun with it so we'll be returning to that game so yeah i played that like i said played some sequence storm and of course played skull girls recently which oh that robot Oh, I hate that damn robot. Robots must die. But anyway, yeah. But other than that, I really haven't played much either. It's... I've just been listening and helping him with, you know, getting ready for the streams this month. Getting the schedule set up and writing down stuff for the end of your video. So, I mean, yeah, we're... We've been pretty busy with, you know, getting things ready. So that's basically what we've been playing. So hopefully you guys enjoyed the podcast for today. 
and we will be back next Sunday with another.